Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. What's going on? We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Please make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter, at the Colts Cast, and on Instagram, at Colts Cast. Not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see updates from us, polls we run, opinions we tweet, etc. Again, that's at the Colts Cast on Twitter and at Colts Cast on Instagram. Jamal, are you ready to get into some Indianapolis Colts content? Well, let's get into it. Let's get it. On today's episode, we examine Darius Leonard, the maniac, and the impact he has had on the Colts. <sighs> Jamal, I don't know where our defense would be without Darius Leonard. Yeah, you ain't lying. He, <laughs> he's been a dog since the day he walked in the building. The cogs just don't turn without him, you know what I'm saying? Let's go into some history about the Maniac. Linebacker, for those who may not know, 6'2", 230 pounds. Jamal, where did he start playing football at? Yeah, he started playing football. He he grew up in Nichols, South Carolina, and he uh, actually went to high school in Lakeview, South Carolina, which is not too far away. Uh, anybody who's kind of familiar with that area, it's right at the border of North Carolina and South Carolina, down towards near Myrtle Beach. Actually, my grandparents grew up about 18 miles away from where where he uh, went to school at, so that's pretty funny. Every time I go down there in that area, I've definitely you know been around that neck of the woods, so it was a, kind of interesting to see that. Um, but yeah, no, he, he played football down there in high school. Uh, while he was in high school, he was a two-sport athlete in both basketball and football. So he, he definitely has the skills. Uh, yeah, like most, most guys, when they're young, they in high school, they play multiple sports. But mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely wasn't very sought out out of high school. I did read that. Right. Actually, I think he was a zero-star recruit, if yeah. I remember correctly. Isn't that crazy? It is. It is. Yeah, but he played college at South Carolina State for four years. Uh, he redshirted his first year in 2013. Very good uh, college career with 400 college tackles total almost. 22 sacks, eight forced fumbles, six interceptions. He's basically Hercules at South Carolina State, right? Oh yeah, man. He, you know, they they were already a decent school. Uh, I've been to a lot of their football games. My grandparents or grandpa should say has season tickets for like the past thirty years. So I've gone to a lot of games, and they've had up and down seasons. But man, I would love to see him play when he was there because I know he changed that culture. You know, he's playing at FBS level. Yeah, even though that's that's a FCS college, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted to go to Clemson. Yeah, his brother played at Clemson, Anthony Waters, but uh, he didn't get any offers. One thing I, I read actually on NCAA.com was his SAT scores weren't reached. Uh, the necessary score he needed wasn't reached until two weeks after National Signing Day, so the offer for Clemson was off the table. So I didn't, I didn't Ooh. know that. I, I always wonder what the deal was of why you know he didn't get the offer from Clemson because I know he wanted to go there, but didn't know it had anything to do with academics at the time. Yeah, that's very interesting, but. You know, I I got to say, who knows? Maybe he would have gone to Clemson and, and kind of got drowned out. You know, there if during that time he would have been there, that, that's during their golden years. You know, may, maybe he would have not had the opportunities to flourish like he did while he was at SC State. So 
hindsight's always twenty twenty. I'm sure. I'm sure he's not mad about bad about <laughs> where how life turned out for him right about now. No, yeah, definitely another fascinating journey for another Colts player, just like Kenny Moore was. Yeah, and you know, kind of talking about his stats. I know you mentioned he had just over, or excuse me, just under four hundred tackles during his college career. There, um, twenty one and a half sacks, six interceptions, eight forced fumbles. I, those forced fumbles, I, again, and we'll get into that when we get to his NFL. He's a but dog when it comes man, to Man, it's that. crazy. He's been doing it. It's not something and that – I like that because that just lets us know that ain't something he picked up when he got to the league. He's been doing it for forever. So, And, and I know that, you know, interceptions matter, sacks matter, and all that. But it's, it's such a challenge. It's such a challenge for running back, especially ones that have ball control problems. Because you know they have to be scared when they see him coming. You know they have to be scared. Yeah. So um, I like to see that that's transitioned from his college days over to over to his NFL now. He had a really impressive game against Clemson when mm-hmm. they were number three in the nation, even though they lost <laughs> by 56 points. Yeah, yeah it wasn't <laughs> even a competition. <laughs> yeah, he, he did all he could, though. And yeah. 19 tackles that game. I believe a block kick. He turned it up. He, he showed them why they should have picked him up. Yeah, and you know, and actually, that, that's that's where he got the name Maniac from. That's where it was that was coined. Uh, he said in an interview that Dabo came up to him at the end of the game, and he was like, "Hey, man, you're a maniac," and tell him how he wished he would have loved to have him there. And he's upset they couldn't get him, and, he, and Leonard said it. You know, it stuck with him since then. But you know, something like that, to me, when I when you think about that game, you're down and out. You're getting beat down like that, and this man, he just kept going a hundred miles an hour. You know. He didn't have to get 19 tackles that game. He could have easily just taken the easy way out, you know, had a decent game. But he came in there with a chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. And the score meant nothing to him. (laughs) You know, I mean, he put up crazy numbers with that. So uh, that was pretty awesome. And he got – he's gotten a lot of awards in college, right? Yeah. He's Senior Bowl defensive MVP. Mm -hmm. First team APFCS All-American. Yeah, he's just – Two-time MEAC Defensive Player of the Year. He's he's a stud. Just smashed it every single game he was out there. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on for him, starting from his rookie year, like you said. And it's just something where it's like the sky was the limit. The sky's been the limit for him. And I just feel like that he doesn't – and it's what I've liked about him, especially kind of watching during the draft process with him has always been like, what's my next step? What's my next goal? He feeds off of the negativity, but it doesn't, but it doesn't hinder him. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't get caught in the drama, but he definitely feeds off of it. It fuels him. And it's been showing since he was in college, you know, you have to, you have to think when you're expecting to go to a power five school and then you don't get there, you get to the small, you know, small D one school, you got to have you got to come out there knowing that you want to be the best on the team and to get to the league, because as we talked about, even with our last episode with Kenny Moore and we talked about a couple other players. I know South Carolina State isn't a D2 school, but it's just a small D1 school. Yeah, you these guys don't get the same looks that that some of these power five schools get or even, you know, just any any big SEC, a, ACC school. So for him to come out there and still make a name and stand out for himself and wreaking all of these awards. I mean, he, he's kind of 
set his own path. He set his own future for him. Yeah, I think it did hinder him because what we're about to talk about next is what happened at the draft. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he, him getting picked in the second round, pick 36. I know there was one hater around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, a, that was a Bleacher Report, man. A Bleacher Report um, that came out on April the 29th, 2018. So day two, or I guess that technically be day three of that draft. They are ranking the top, the top eight worst draft picks. And they had him at number two, number two. And, and I quote, this is exactly what they wrote. They said the Indianapolis Colts selection of South Carolina state linebacker, Darius Leonard with the fourth pick in the second round was one of the drafts worst moves. They took <laughs> four <laughs> second rounders. So they have plenty of room for error, but this one stands out as a head scratcher. End quote. I, <laughs> Who wrote that article? That's crazy. Oh, man, I can't remember his name, I, but it's all over Bleacher Report. It's, crazy it's to look back on that, that mm-hmm. the worst draft pick is probably one of the best linebackers in the NFL right now. Yep. Oh, that's and, you know, crazy. And, and he even said, Darius Leonard said, he he kept that on a screenshot, like the article, <laughs> a screenshot on his phone. So he looked at it every day. <laughs> every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I could see why people thought he wasn't going to be so good. I know his combine results weren't too great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't really kill it there. His 40-yard dash, 4-7, like a good number of linebackers ran faster. Bench press, only 17 reps. Uh, but I, there, there were some drills he also didn't do at the combine that he did at South Carolina State's Pro Day right. instead. But in all, he just didn't have a fantastic combine. You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if he would have had a better combine, he might have would have slipped into that late first round. Mm-hmm. Mel Kuyper still had him projected as a day two pick. So day two, that's going to be rounds two and three, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's interesting. Bleacher Report hated on him. I mean, <laughs> 24 hours after the pick. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Props to Chris Ballard for taking him in the second round. Yeah. I think that was the same draft where they took Quinn Nelson in the first yep. round. I mean, mm-hmm. that that was a phenomenal draft and not much not much else to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't know so much if the write up from NFL.com was uh, geared more towards strictly his film or even some of his, you know, some of his combines. So I know it was a mixture of, of both for sure. And I'm going to assume that was probably more so his film from college, but man, some of the weaknesses they talked about for him, I just took a couple down because I wanted just to bring them to the attention of everyone to show that these, these have not been a weakness for him in the, in the NFL since he's, since he's been in the league and kind of what we were talking about again with Raymond, um, they labeled, they labeled NFL.com label, Darius Leonard is 6.30 and of course we know going back to last week that will be eventually be a starter that rating will be eventually a starter and like we said we don't always want to take that to heart because you never know how it's gonna you know how it's gonna turn out but right. it just it gave me a little sigh of relief when I saw that because I said all right you know this guy got he got drafted and it was projected at 6.3 eventually be a starter with weaknesses same uh thin arms and a chest and, and lacks desire NFL play strength has very little margin for error when uh, taking on climate offensive linemen doesn't always take efficient routes af- uh, around traffic in his pursuit 
play demeanor lacks aggression, usually spotted at linebacker. He relies on that athleticism to slip blocks on second levels rather than racing downhill ahead of them. Uh, he's a willing hitter, but needs to add more pop behind his pads. And he can still improve instincts and pattern reading and man coverage. Now, I don't know about you, man, but I didn't see him hit people. <laughs> game after game. Yeah. I don't know he needs any more pop behind them pads because if you look at them eyes, his eyes are nuts when he's looking at the ball. And he's popping the ball out with his fist, and then he's still hitting people. Right. He's getting to it on every single play. You know, he he's always, always in the mix of the play somehow. So when I read these weaknesses, again, I know that filming all of this can always be a little different than once they get to the league because when they get to the league, they're going to have a little more help, a little more training. But if these were true weaknesses, I'd be a liar if I said he didn't correct almost all of this since he's been in the league. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team, came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. I, I think it all, it all comes down to that competition level as well. Cause mm-hmm. playing in the FCS is a little different than playing in the FBS. And I know Bleacher Report kind of hated at that point because there weren't any like FCS linebackers ever taken that high. Right. So it, it's all about that competition level. Like, you know, why would you take this one when you could have got this player off Georgia? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it always comes comes down to that. But I'm glad they did. They took a chance on him. Chris Ballard, eye for talent. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, he, he always has a way. He always has a way. I kind of want to talk about positional value a little bit. Okay. So... We we're just talking about the draft. You don't see a lot of inside linebackers going early in the first round. I know mm-hmm. Darius Leonard plays on the outside, but just want to talk about positional value. They have to bring a versatile skill set for them to be considered that early. So if you look at, you know, really good linebackers today, like Micah Parsons, you know, he's physical, quick, able to generate stops through blitzes, has good instincts. But really one good thing, he's great in coverage. You have to bring all that to the table to get drafted in the early to mid first round. And he plays on the outside, I believe, outside linebacker. Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Remember him when he was highly uh, coveted? Mm-hmm. Sixth overall. Why? Because he was so versatile. He could play multiple positions at a high level. Defensive coordinators were just salivating for him. Uh, I think right now he plays the right inside linebacker, but I think he he can move around. He can play multiple roles. Luke Keekley, everyone knows him. One of the best middle linebackers that probably ever do it. Mm-hmm. He went ninth overall. Turned out to be a rock star, of course. Why did he go early? Athleticism, explosiveness. He was a tackle machine in college. And oh, wait, the rare pass coverage ability of a middle linebacker. Very rare. 
Very rare back then. You have to be able to do all that to get considered that early. I think the first linebacker off the board in this year's draft was Quay Walker out of Georgia. He's not great in coverage from what I've seen, and I think that limits him. I don't think he's worth the first rounder, but Green Bay did. Uh, and, you know, he's going to be probably one of their inside linebackers. Just my opinion, but I'm not a scout. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> yeah. Darius Leonard went in the second round and he killed it in college. He just, he didn't have the best prospect. I mean, just, just like we were talking about, he was a zero star in high school. He, he just didn't have the, the, the qualities, but he turned out to be the gym for the Colts. You know, in hindsight, he's a first rounder. I think as a prospect, he didn't have that versatile, versatile skill set. That's, that's highly sought after. Um, also, he's outside linebacker. I, I think they have more value than a middle linebacker. Um, but yeah, Bleacher Report was wrong. Everyone who didn't take him was wrong. It just, that's how it happens. <laughs> but I guess my point is, it you know, the league is a pass first nowadays, which means nickel defense more often, mm-hmm. which means one less linebacker on the field. So that just means pass rushers and defensive backs are even more valuable since you want someone to get to the quarterback for you. You want a lockdown corner. You want a beast-like safety. You know, you, you want these people that are going to be, uh, they're just going to have so much value in the pass game. Linebackers, in my opinion, come after those positions. I don't know if you would agree, but especially like middle linebackers. I mean, they're on the field. A lot of times they're a leader, but it, their impact isn't isn't seen as much as the other mm-hmm. positions. That's why I think... The inside linebacker is a more fungible position uh, as in, for, in regards to the positional value. I think, uh, for example, suitable inside linebackers, when you compare it to a suitable edge rusher, which one's going to be harder to find? It's probably the edge rusher, right? The edge rusher, yeah. Because who got drafted? Who, who were the first two picks in this year's draft? It was Trayvon Walker and it was Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. two edge rushers mm-hmm. somebody to get after the quarterback because quarterbacks are probably one of the most important positions if not the most important so i probably went off a tangent there but since darius Leonard is an outside linebacker uh but i think it's interesting to talk about positional value especially when we're talking about you know who the most valuable defensive player is yeah, no, 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 no. You you weren't going off track at all. I just want to say you you're spitting facts. So yeah, <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> but I guess Jamal, who is our most valuable defensive player? Because that's our next segment. Who do you think is the most valuable component to our defense? Man, I've been pondering on this one for a little bit because it, it's hard. It's hard, like you said. I mean, yeah, you hit the nail right on the head when you were explaining that the backers, the linebackers, they they're there, they're motivational and things like that. But like you said, man, and this pass heavy lead, we're trying to get to the quarterback yeah. as, as hard as we can. And and I'll be the first person to tell you, when I look at when I look at Darius Leonard on the field, there's a there's an energy and an aura when he's on the field versus when he's not. When he got injured last uh, last year, the defense was still there, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't as hype. Uh when he w- went off the field, just even even if he was on the sideline, you know, not getting them crunk, they it was just a little dead. But like you said, just because we're hyped don't necessarily mean that you're doing something right. All right. So that kind of brings me to going back to the D-line, DeForest Buckner. Ooh. I mean, it's a good oh, pick. yeah, it, it, and, and I had to say because 
this guy does it all. I mean, he he's experienced. He's a vet. He's he came from San Francisco after that Super Bowl loss they had. We traded up big big money in picks for him, and he's just an all around like dog when it comes when it comes to the, to the game for us. But he's also not only is he just like a freak athlete, he also is so smart when it comes to his gameplay. You don't see him going out there and just kind of scrambling all over the field. He's very strategic with all he does. He understands his job and he understands his role and he makes the other defensive linemen around him better. Not saying that our linebackers don't, our linebacker core doesn't do that or that our cornerback core doesn't do that either. But I think with Buckner, man, if he wasn't out there right now, I just don't think that our our D line would be as stout as they are, even with the lackluster season we had for our pass rushing last year. I still think when he was out there on the field, it was making a huge difference as opposed to when D Leonard wasn't out there on the field. Our linebackers were still doing their job for what it's worth. We weren't getting as many fumbles or, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that, but their their job overall didn't change too much. I would honestly be kind of scared at this point to see D Buck get injured and not be on the field or, you know, or away from the team at all. But I don't know. Who do you think? Well, who, who's your answer? I need to know. Oh, DeForest. I'm going DeForest. Okay. Buck. You're going DeForest. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm not going to argue that. I think it's hard to say. I'm, I'm going to give, you know, kind of a complicated answer. I just think we have an odd case here because, like you just said, we could argue. Losing to Forrest Buckner is a bigger loss than losing Darius Leonard, right? Or maybe Kenny Moore, since he's mm. one of the best slot corners. Okay. If not the best, what what happens if we lose him? Are we going to be true. able to guard Cooper Cup? Are we going to be able to guard these slot receivers as well? Um, I, but then Darius's production is just on a different level mm-hmm. compared to. You know, most of his teammates, just the eight forced fumbles, that's crazy. He leads the league in that. We posted that stat the other day on Twitter. He's He's got eight forced fumbles. But this is why I wanted to talk about positional value before, because let, let's examine another team. Losing Miles Garrett or losing the middle linebacker, Anthony Walker, for the Browns. Mm-hmm. I think this is a – it's – like that's it doesn't take away from Anthony Walker, but losing Miles Garrett, whew. yeah. What about losing Nick Bosa versus Dre Greenlaw or Fred Warner? Even even though Warner's one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL, can we lose Nick Bosa? No. It's just that middle linebacker is more easy to replace, in my opinion, than a Nick Bosa. I'll even take it a bit further. Let's let's talk about our offense or a offense. Would you rather have Josh Allen as your quarterback or Jonathan Taylor as your running back? And whoever mm. you don't pick, you get an average level replacement. Who you got? Who you got, Jamal? Mm. Yeah, that's tough. And ooh, that's hard. But I think I'll have to take Josh Allen. I'm taking Josh Allen. I'm yeah. taking one of the best quarterbacks in the yep. NFL. And that doesn't take away from anything Jonathan Taylor does. We love Jonathan Taylor. We've already said it on oh, the yeah. show before. He is the arguably the best running back in the NFL. He was last year. Uh, don't know what what would have happened if maybe Chubb got some more carries or Derrick Henry didn't get hurt. But last year, best production out of any running back. But it's just that an elite quarterback has more impact than an elite running back nowadays, especially when you consider the average replacement behind him. So. 
what would an average quarterback be to you? Maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Baker Mayfield, even I, I don't know. Someone, some people would say he's below average. Or Ryan Tannehill is is that average enough or above average? Depending on who you're asking, that that would be the average replacement. Mm-hmm. But like an average running back replacement for Taylor would be Melvin Gordon. Had a pretty good season last year with mm-hmm. the Broncos. James Conner, depending on if we're getting healthy, James Conner. Damian Harris, Patriots. So Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in the league last year, and we didn't make the playoffs, (laughs) just to put it into perspective. So what happens if we don't have Carson Wentz and we put a better quarterback in? I bet you we make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Most of the great quarterbacks, Sons, Lamar Jackson, who was hurt a lot, and Justin Herbert, they made the playoffs. So they they usually win because of them. But let me get back on Darius Leonard. I I would still say <laughs> Darius Leonard probably has the biggest impact right now. Mm-hmm. I I'm not going to argue DeForest Buckner, maybe even Kenny Moore, but he would right now just take the MVP for me. I mean that that's subject to change, but right now I I take Darius Leonard. However, hot take incoming. Stefan Gilmore is going to take that defensive MVP if we have this conversation again next Ooh. season. Ooh. All right. I'm already high on him, but All I, right. I I don't people aren't talking about him. I I was so happy when we signed him. We'll see. We'll see. Let's 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 hope he stays healthy. But yeah, my most valuable defensive player, Darius Leonard, just for for our case right now, I think he losing him might be a slightly tad more <laughs> worse than losing to Forrest Buckner or a Kenny Moore. Just my opinion. No, that's fair. And I, I can't argue with any of that because, I mean, that was great perspective. You just put all that into. Um, I, I really like the way you flipped it over to the offensive side because that definitely made it a more, much more tangible thing when right. you think about reality. Um, but one thing I want to capitalize off of what you were just saying, and I think that going back to what you just said, if with our next season, if Gilly Lock's still in there, we're having the same conversation. You know, Darius Leonard, he said himself, he said he fell out of love with football after the season collapse and his injury and all of that good stuff, which which yeah. is real unfortunate. But I think we all be a liar if we said he you, you can't imagine that he's not hyped to come back after picking up Gilmore, after Blackman's coming back. Fingers crossed, we keep, so. you keep Kenny Moore. You know, we. I, I think if he's if he gets back to his groove and he's getting healthy, I think it could be dangerous, and I, I think he'll be back 110 miles an hour. Yeah, if his mindset's not on football, I'm a little worried. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's lost the love of the game because of an injury, I, th- this goes back to Andrew Luck retiring. Yeah, you're right. Because you're of right. an injury, he ended mm-hmm. up like I'm. I'm a little worried about those words. So that's that's a great point to bring up. And I know I talked a lot about how linebackers aren't as valued as other positions, but I do think Darius Leonard, even though his average replacement. No, I I don't even want to say that. I don't think you could replace what he does for our defense. Right. Maybe for another defense you could, but he's just he's that good Mm -hmm. in that weak side linebacker position. Well, that, and that's why we gave him that five-year extension for $98.5 million. I mean, that, the highest-paid linebacker in the Ooh. league. Highest paid. And he yeah, deserves it. He could retire. Yeah, right. <laughs> $33 million guaranteed, man. Rod this oh, shit yeah. going out. <laughs> he, might, he might be all right. <laughs> highest-paid linebacker in the league. Jeez. 
Yeah. Well worth every penny. But that, again, another fascinating story. Zero star recruit, highest paid linebacker in the league. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. Look at that. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us, folks. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast today. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We will be back on Friday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care, okay? Keep it easy.